FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 293 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable, and it's here. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, at two, we're at 293? Let's not do this. <laughs> no, I was actually going to say something else. Oh, okay. Do you think we'll hit 300 before the baby's born? Yeah. You do? Oh, definitely, yeah. Huh. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I thought, you know, since we're at week 31, and there's only like, you know, eight weekends left, you know, at the most, before baby comes. I didn't know if we'd actually like... If it comes early, we might not. Okay. Yeah. It would be kind of cool. Hey, we have to watch the movie before 300. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Have okay. to You know that's what I want You asked me what I wanted for my birthday That's what I want Is that what you want? Yeah Alright okay we can do that Yeah We'll just send Ethan off to bed early <laughs> Yeah I was actually I was thinking it might be fun for him to do it But I'm afraid I'll, he won't have a chance to actually like it I don't want to influence him what do you mean he won't have a chance to... I mean, I would we, like just, to we just do the episode and he does it with us. And that's his... I think it'd be cool because it'd be his first time to watch it. But we talk over the show. Well, that and... It's not my favorite X-Men movie. Oh. And I just... I don't want to... I, I always want to be really careful about those kind of movies I don't like and not say anything until after he's had a chance to form his own opinion. Right. Because I want him... You know, if he enjoys it, I want him to enjoy it guilt-free and not... Right. Feel pressure to think about it the same way that I do because that's not important to me. I mean, well, and he is in that influential age where we want him to form his own opinions on things. Right. And Instead of just being mom and dad's puppet. Right. And which he's really good at not doing that, or is he's not that. <laughs> Whatever the right <laughs> way to say that is, <laughs> I got I got my. Uh, uh, Pointing nouns all mixed up in my head, but um, but yeah, no, no. he's really good at saying I liked it or I didn't like it. Yeah, and he has his own supporting reasons as to why he likes or dislikes. Sometimes, 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 sometimes I think he just doesn't like stuff because his friends don't like it. And when you ask him why, he can't give you a reason. No, but when we go to movies, if we say, "Did you like it?" Yeah, he he can actually yes. like yeah right pull out mm-hmm. his supporting reasons as to what he liked or and it's funny because he'll go oh I really liked it but right and he always has one little thing that he has a hang up for which I feel like that's my influence on him because <laughs> I'm always yeah. like I yeah. liked it but I had a problem with it right and therefore <laughs> I didn't like it and won't ever like it again because of one thing. That's not true. <laughs> There's stuff that I have issues with, but I'm okay with it overall. It just doesn't happen a lot in comic books. 
movies if there's a bad five minutes i can get over it <laughs> in a comic book if you have a bad uh, handful of I don't pages no i don't know love what do you mean if a movie has a bad five minutes you can't get over it no i don't i'm not sure if i believe that you can that's not true i guess it depends it depends there's been anyway no because the last I think it was the last Guardian, or no, it was the first Guardians of the, one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. <laughs> Rocket did something that I felt like was completely out of Rocket's wheelhouse and not part of his character. And What was it? Now I can't remember. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I just remember thinking it was out of his wheelhouse. I didn't like it. But it didn't ruin the whole movie for me. Right. I just felt like it was a bad direction. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But then he, what's the word I'm looking for? Like redeemed himself. Right. Late, like five minutes later. <laughs> so it was one of those like, was it ad libbed and they kept it because they thought it was cute, but it was just out of rocket character. I don't hmm. know. And I can't remember no, Guardians of the again, Galaxy too <laughs> for, for the life of me. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, well, anyway, yeah. So it's time though for our new, not new Wolverine, <laughs> our new X twenty three number one. I'm been pretty excited about this book, but also a little worried about it. So we'll talk about all that. And then I'll we'll get some bonus mat- old man material from me at the end. But um, yeah, I know this episode is mainly here to talk about X-23 number one. And um, I guess you want to just tear right into it? Yeah, let's do it. I guess before it. we do that, I oh. um, don't have any real Wolverine news per se. But I don't remember when we talked about the return of Wolverine. If I was under the impression that it was a one-shot or a miniseries, I don't remember when I changed my mind and whether we talked about it on the episode or not, but it is definitely a five-issue miniseries. And that's the one, of course, by uh, Charles Soule and Steve McNiven. I feel like we did talk about it. I can't remember, and I don't feel like listening to my own episodes to find out. You don't take notes? Sometimes. I'm giving you a hard time. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it is definitely five issues, and so... And that starts in September. I I can't imagine McNiven turning out weekly. So I'm going to assume it's going to go at least a couple of months. Oh, so. man. So maybe we'll get like a regular Wolverine Logan series uh, sometimes towards the end of the year. When this kid in my belly turns one. No, no. <laughs> way before that. We'll have hot claws way before then. Oh, gosh. Um... Yeah. Red lobster. That also <laughs> and a red lobster near you. Um that also give time. I'm pretty sure old man Logan they're gonna ride out to about issue fifty and then it'll stop so that it'll all kind of coincide together. Which makes the timing of this book weird, but we'll talk about that some more too. So instead of talking about what we're gonna talk about, let's just talk about it. I'm sorry. I have to bring up the the little tweet conversation we had with Georgie and Hot Claws. And what does hot cloth make us think of? Is there a hot suit? <laughs> oh, a hot pants? Yeah. Yeah. 
It, you know what I thought of? You know what I think of? And I should have found a gift because I'm sure there is one. What? But um, that Simpsons episode where is it a boat or a plane? It, but it crashes at the beach and all these hot pants wash up on the beach. It's pretty hilarious. All I can think of is the Texas heat, pleather, and chafing. <laughs> yep. Hot suit equals chafing. Hot smell, I think is what Georgie said. Because um, he's a hashtag hot mess. <laughs> yes. But anyway, X-23 number one is two birthdays and three funerals. Three funerals? Yeah, I'm not sure about the math. But anyway, it sounds fun. Um, writer by Mariko, <laughs> writer by, written by Mariko Tamaki. Art by Juan Cabal. Colors by Nolan Woodard. Letters by VC's Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover is by X23 alum Mike Choi and Jesus Arbertov. Thought that was interesting because this cut, this creative team, if you trade Tom Taylor for Tamaki, it's pretty much the same as the last few arcs of All New Wolverine. There's no one Cabal other than the old lady Laura. Did the last few stories, and Nolan Woodard was a colorist, and VCs Corey Pettit was a letter on that book for a long time, and so we just kind of changed the writer, and we'll talk about how that plays out. Um, but let's talk about the cover first. Uh, let's start off with the logo. What do you think of the new X twenty three logo? It's a very solid kind of modern X Men X with one uh, slash longer than the other. Right. A very solid, very blocky, classic looking. Then the dash and the 23 are kind of in this. Chalkboard font? Yeah, kind of a, a script. And then almost like a graffiti or like a sports look. And then uh, behind it, of course, is a pool of blood. So as far as the logo goes, um, I. And this is just me and my design typography. I like the way the two and the three like interplay each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of have that claw feel to it. Or that it's been clawed out in a way. Mm, okay. I mean, there's no like ripped paper look. Right. It's just that rough, if a claw were to rip, kind of the silhouette of what it would look like. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I just there's something about the bottom of the two and how it plays with the the bottom of the three, and I don't know. It's just nice. Okay. It's playful, but it's nice. Yeah. So I like it. Okay. I'm also trying to Rorschach this blood spot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a pool of blood. Oh, I uh, see a crab. Turn. Oh, you see a what? I see a crab. A crab? Yeah, for huh. hot claws. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really wrong, do see wrong a crab. character. No, look, I really do see a crab. There's its claw, and then there's the other claw. Oh, you're looking at the big, you're talking about the big, we haven't got to that yet. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. That's a good segue. <laughs> so there's also, on the background of this cover, a big blood splatter, which I guess looks like a crab. Uh, see, I didn't consider that 
Oh, no, that's spot. definitely the blue navy splatter is definitely part of the logo. Right. I yeah. just considered that an ink spot. Oh. Like I didn't consider it blood because it wasn't red. Oh, well, I mean, it's not red, so it jumps out of the cover, which is red because there's definitely blood on the on the wall. Um, I also didn't realize Mike Choi was Snake Eyes and or Storm Shadow as he signs his name with the Ninja Clan symbol. Um, so anyway, um, I've been for the life of me unable to figure out because I feel like Mike Choi is obviously modeling Laura after somebody and she looks really familiar to me, but I can't quite place it. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. That's not a real person. Anyway, You'll hear that comment later, too. We have Laura um, ready to fight in a sparring position. Almost kind of, you almost see her like kind of bobbing and weaving in place like the uh, street fighter when the fighters come on and they just kind of, you know, dance. She looks like me. That's not what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I love your look. No, <laughs> you're smoking crack. I mean... She has brown hair like you. I don't know. There's someone I feel like. Anyway, it's, if if anyone knows or or thinks of, hey, that looks like that person. It's probably his girlfriend. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Most artists <laughs> use someone they know. Close to them, yeah. So anyway, and we have our uh, the arms of our costume in full effect. Um, what do you think of the cover? So, I really like it. I don't, I, I want to start off by saying. Except. <laughs> there are two things that bug me about it. Two things that bug you, okay. And I, one of them is the gloves. Yeah, I don't like the gloves. Because there's no way they would stay on her hands. No, and you know how I know that? You know how I know for a fact they wouldn't stay on? How? Because I bought those stupid van socks that you're supposed to wear with their slip-ons. Never stay on. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. And I thought, hey, it's fun because I can have no true... Because your regular no-show socks are still too deep. for van, like They still pop out of your vans. Right. Right. And so I said, well, I'll try the van socks because they're made for vans. But they're so no-show... That when you walk, they slide under your heel, <laughs> and it's annoying. And then they go to your toes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so it's just like, well, I just wear my slip-ons barefoot and stinky. It's no big deal. <laughs> I thought I'd get a sock because it'd be more comfortable, and they wouldn't smell as bad. But it's not worth it. <laughs> and so anyway, these there's no way in all of Hades these gloves would stay on her hand while she's moving around. They look like it's paraffin wax. Like she dipped. Like her <laughs> hand into it and was no, like. No, it looks like she put her hand in a chocolate fondue. True. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna put my hand in a chocolate fondue. Alright. So I have issues with the gloves. Yeah. And I can't tell if the tattoo on her neck is it's a, not ta a tattoo. I think it's uh, that kinesiology tape. I'm pretty sure I saw the designer say that. You know, and the the maybe she's after. Who is who's the volleyball player? What what, what can you? What, okay, I wear a, KT tape. All right, but you don't have a healing factor. <laughs> okay, but I wear KT tape on my knee. You don't wear KT tape. 
Some people I've seen neck. people wear it on their neck. That volleyball girl wore it all over. One of the Olympics who made it famous. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's her Usually name? you wear it on your shoulder. Carry it something? doesn't wrap around your neck like a choker. Well, it depends on where your pain is and where your sore muscle is. No. Logan well, wouldn't have a sore neck with that big old adamantium skull. <laughs> so maybe maybe Laura does too. Yeah, but it doesn't come down in like no, a I, tiger stripe. I don't I don't love it, but I, I I'm not gonna nitpick that one too bad. Oh, I'm gonna nitpick okay. it because it reminds me of a tribal tattoo. Yeah. Well I gotta say, I wasn't excited about the costume coming into the book. Um my opinion through the book might change a little bit, but on the cover it doesn't sell me either any more than the previews I saw. Honestly, just based on the cover, if they took the tribal part out, I think I would, re- and the gloves, I think I would really enjoy the costume on the cover. On the cover, right. Now, throughout the book, my opinion changes, like, it sways dramatically back and forth. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, I think we've made no secret if you listen to the set. Reset. Um, I think if you listen to the last few episodes, it's no secret that we've been a little cautiously optimistic about this book. Yeah. Um, it came in with very mixed feelings, knowing we're going to love the art. Right. Because we loved, I mean, we gave him a Wolverine Award, so. <laughs> we obviously <laughs> yeah. loved Obviously we liked the art. Uh, both Cabal and Woodward and Pettit. So, yeah, three-time Wolverine Award machine on this book. And I had talked about how much I liked Tamaki on She-Hulk. But of recent note, I have not really enjoyed that Claws of the Killer Hunt for Wolverine book. No. And so I was kind of like, well, maybe it's just, maybe it's a Wolverine thing that she's not good at. But, so we'll kind of see how that plays out. Right. In this story. Um, yeah, so two birthdays, three funerals. And we start off with a big checkerboard panel that gives kind of a brief history of Laura. It's r- it's a real broad overview. Yeah, it is. It really is like for a number one issue. It really is kind of a here's who Laura is. If you, just yeah. in case you're a new reader, checking this out, um, here's what you need to know. All on one page with some, you know, nice panels and really great colors. Yeah. Woodard at it again, kicking butt, I taking loved, colorful names. I, I will say, I have to give the book kudos for summarizing everything you sort of need to know in one page. And not just doing it in a paragraph. Right. Yeah. And I think the way like the images zoom in and out yeah. really works. It just, visually, it tells you what you need to know, lyrically, or wordly. So anyway, then we get a great two-page splash of our heroes with their matching fondue gloves jumping out of a window, maybe? Uh, Yeah, because there's glass all around them. Right? So I got to say, immediately, I suddenly don't mind the costume as much. In fact, I actually like Gabby's. I can still do without the mesh shoulders. But other than that... Why are you saying mesh? Oh, maybe hers isn't. Laura's definitely is. So I can see through. You'll see it more in other panels. 
I just thought that was muscle. Like Oh, maybe. Like I, I guess the what so in this page, and I think it's the next page. Yeah, so the next page, it makes me feel like her costume is more like Under Armour dry fit capris with <laughs> like yeah. a dry fit like tight sports bra slash shirt thing. Yes, it is kind of a sports bra slash shirt thing. Yeah, sure. and I, I actually kind of enjoyed that because to me that was more realistic. Right. I can maybe do without the midriff, but that's yeah, that's I, neither here nor there, I guess. But regardless of the costumes, we start off the story with a great double-page spread of our two heroes, and so glad to see Gabby right there with her. Yeah. You know, immediately springing into action, getting shot out with lasers, claws out, you know, serious face, but not like, ah, you know, right. I don't know, like, just kind of the calm... I mean business that has been become the lore of Wolverine. Right. And then Gabby right there with her kind of almost, and we'll talk a lot, or I'll talk a lot about Cabal's facial expressions in this issue. Yeah, there are. But Gabby, you literally look like she's trying not to smile. Yeah. <laughs> like it's such a great, I know we had, you know, we had kind of the, the summary page, but this is such a great opening to the action. This page reminds me of, so, Ollie, when we go to put him in the crib, you know, we'll go one, two, three, and then yeah. we lift him up and put him in his crib. Right. Except sometimes he doesn't say three. He says, wee. Right. Yeah. And that's, I can just see Gabby, wee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could too. Yeah. So great, great page. And we open up and they're fighting some dudes. Um, you know, it's kind of going to town doing their thing. In fact, Gabby here does say wee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when she's riding on this guy's jetpack, um, we get some nice shunk. So we know that they're they're trying to get something from these guys, some genetic something or well, another. The, the guys broke into a, I guess a laboratory and they're stealing mutant data. Right. And so Laura's trying to get it back. Yeah, and that's gonna kind of be her mission right now. Um, so yeah, so she. I love how this series of panels where the guy bounces on the street into the taxi. Um, or I guess it's not a taxi, but in the yellow car. Um, and then what is Gabby doing? So Gabby lands like in a construction yard. Yeah, and so she's battling this green guy. Yeah, and we find out these guys aren't human. No. We don't know if they're alien or mutant or something. Something. But maybe but inhuman spies? I don't know. But in very Gabby form... She says he's green and he smells like a Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, oops, I think he heard me say he smells <laughs> like a Band-Aid. Yeah, he looks like an angry pistachio. That's right. Angry yeah, that pistachio. Was hilarious. Um, yeah, that was pretty great. Um, so some more fighting as, um, and again, just great facial expressions on Laura and Gabby and even the angry pistachio as he throws a cement mixer at Gabby and crushes her. Which, you know, bad news. Uh-oh. So then Laura gets mad. She slides. This is a great action scene. So she slides under the guy's leg and then just for Dan, she pops her foot claw and slices both the pistachio's Achilles so tendons. So this... 
I think is the best use of the foot claw. Oh, it's a great move. Yeah. yeah. The baseball slide between the legs and then kick him back with the foot claw. Yeah. And just paralyzing this guy. And she looks like she's going to stab him, but then she just like elbows him in the head. Yeah. Knocks him out. I, I'm not a big fan of the foot claw. It kind of grosses me out <laughs> just a little bit. But I will say if if I had a foot claw, this would be the only time I would use the foot claw. Right. In that baseball slide. Yeah. Move. And I got to say, you know, whenever I think about the gloves in the midriff, Cabal, his costume and action looks wonderful. Yeah. I mean, just it does. And the colors and all the different, like it's kind of a busy costume. Yeah. With all the different colors on it, it just, I don't know, it gives it a nice sense of motion. Yeah. Again, I just, I like the fact that it looks like. I know this is going to sound weird, but it looks like something like if I was going to go for a run. Yeah. Well, although I don't leave my midriff open, but it's just. Well, you might have to right now. Well, nothing fits me right now. <laughs> I'm all belly. Oh, baby. Um, But no, I just, I kind of like her hair's kind of up, but it's down. Yeah. It's just, it's very real to me. There's nothing over stylized about how Wolverine or X-23 is drawn. Right. And that's what I appreciate and love about this because, you know, she doesn't have the big hair going on and giant earrings and, <laughs> you know. No, she's, she's ready to get down to business. Yeah. And I think that's what I truly, it's, it's so, it's way more realistic as far as a superhero goes yeah and i get off mine no no it's good and so gabby i gotta say a few pages in and all my worry about the writing was alleviated um gabby's flipping hilarious Ga- in this well, thing so here's what i thought was really really great so we have like the same creative team as most of the last year or so of all new wolverine right and we get a new writer, a writer who has done some really good books and then lately <laughs> and not done a great book. But you can tell she's doing her own story. Right. But at the same time, the tone and the personality is comp- there's no disconnect between what Tom Taylor was doing and what Mariko Tamaki is doing. They feel like the same characters didn't skip a beat. Same personality, same interaction. Um, I was I was really impressed with just how how much continuity there was between this book and the end of All New Wolverine. I agree. And so Gabby's like, uh, I feel like a pretzel, like an actual pretzel, not like eating a pretzel. <laughs> oh, maybe I do want a pretzel. Can we get a pretzel? <laughs> then she her body heals. Um, they go back to the uh, Xavier. Well, is, oh, yeah. Go and ahead. I, I just want to point out, you know, Laura moves the truck off Gabby, and she's like, "Gabby, are you okay?" There's a very realistic moment where Gabby's like, "I need to lay here for a second. Yeah. Like, I need to let my body <laughs> heal so that I can can get up." So I enjoyed that because I know we talked about in Logan Wolverine. They played fast and loose with his healing factor. Right. 
So I like the fact that they're kind of, instead of just saying, yeah, I'm great. She's like, I got to lay here for a second. Right. Like that made it even more realistic. Yeah. That was pretty great. So they go to the Xavier Institute in Central Park to see Hank, Beast McCoy. I love Cabal's Beast and I love the way he's dressed. Like in a bright green suit with a yellow bow tie and then his blue fur. Yeah. Uh, It all comes in like pink shoes and socks. Comes together great. So he's got some information for for Laura. Um, X-23 now and her new mission is making sure that nothing that was done to her is done to anybody else. So no more more Wolverine clones. And it actually plays into where what her, her role now we've only read the second issue so far. But in the Adamantium agenda where she's trying to bust up that black market, make right. sure Wolverine's not DNA isn't there. Like that fits this mission too. So again, you know, modern comics Marvel are not always great about keeping the universe really tight knit and feeling like everything's happening together. But all the all the Laura stuff right now feels just really cohesive. And I really like that. So why do you think that is? Because, I mean, that's kind of our biggest gripe is... I think, why do you think it's not that way, like in general? Or why do you think it is this way now? Well, I, in everything that we've read, you know, we always gripe about, well, this happened here, but that's not part of, you know, somebody mm-hmm. wrote an article that said this isn't part of their universe. Or this didn't happen in their timeline. And so you're like, okay, great. But I feel like with all the X-23 stuff that we have read, they have painstakingly tried to be cohesive with her throughout. I mean, we've only had maybe like one or two where we felt like it just wasn't X-23. Right. Um, And I'm just curious. I think because, honestly... um, she hasn't suffered yet from Logan disease, Logan's 90s disease, um, which Wolverine still kind of suffered from until he died, whereas she's not all over the place. Right. And so they're able to kind of control her narrative a little better. Um, I think the reason that doesn't happen as often anymore, like just in general, uh-huh. Is that there's just too many books and too many characters in different places, um, which is a good thing because it's fun and entertaining, and people get more exposure to different characters if they're not reading those books. But it's just it's too much. It's too much of an editorial nightmare to try to say, well, how do I organize these fifty Spider-Man appearances in these two months? Right. You know what I mean? And so, so I think the fact that lore has been a little. Concealed hasn't had a lot of guest spots. I mean, she was in that Ghost Rider miniseries that we did with Ethan. Um, and she's made like a random appearance here and there. But she's mostly just been in her own book. And then now X-Men Red. Which is really, I mean, for a quote-unquote Wolverine character, pretty sparse. But I think she benefits from that. Right. And I think the writers are, are able to kind of keep her narrative propelling forward all the time instead of having to chase down the tangents. Okay. So, so anyway, so Beast is going to help her out. He has a file on, oh gosh, um, 
Dr. Marx, who was a scientist and geneticist who has disappeared. Uh, she st studied uh, psychic powers and failed mutations and stuff like that. And he's concerned that she's disappeared, but I guess the X-Men aren't going to do anything, so he gives it to, to Laura to to see if she wants to, to help with it. Well, he also says, this is kind of in your wheelhouse now. Yeah. And, she, and he says, that, you know, it may not be anything, but it's related to Alchemax. I know that's on your list. So, you know, here you go. But I also like his little pep talk to her. Because, you know, he's giving her this file, but it's like, hey, I don't agree, like, scientifically what they did to make you. But because they made you... Like, the world is a better place. Right. And so he kind of lifts her spirits in a way. Cause yeah. Because it's got to be heart-wrenching to know, I'm going out there to stop people from doing me. Right. Well, I think I think it's, a, it's an interesting kind of turn for Hank um, you know, as a scientist and kind of saying putting the science aside a little bit and just saying, hey, I, I'm just glad you're here. Right. And, and I think that kind of speaks to just life in general, if you hold life in high value, that it doesn't necessarily, that even from bad circumstances can come beautiful people. Right. And I think, you know, and all life is beautiful, so even if, if the circumstances of origin are not always the best situation you know, that, that, that life is still valuable and right. still meaningful. And so, I, I don't know, I thought it was cool, and it definitely resonated with me. Um, but I think I, did I miss, I wanted to talk, no, okay, not yet. So then Laura and Gabby are talking about uh, how she actually did find a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some very, uh, Interesting paintings on the wall of classic X-Men covers. One of uh, Jean Grey and the X-Men in the cape. One from uh, the Mutant Massacre, I believe. Um, but yeah, she found a pretzel. Laura's like, I want real food. <laughs> then who shows up? Well, it's the Besides sisters. the tiger that ate Siegfried and Roy. It's the Cuckoo Sisters. Yeah, the triplets. All right, and so then we get a look at... So first of all, Laura switched back to her jacket, which I thought was cool. I'm glad she still has the jacket. Yeah, I like the jacket. Um, and Gabby, we find out, has nunchucks. Has she always had nunchucks? Nope. I don't okay. think so. And then also, new weapons, she has honey badger... I guess they're kind of brass knuckles. That is kind of cool. It's pretty pretty sweet. Um. It's a very Gabby weapon. Yeah, right? And so they see the, the triplets, and they're celebrating the birthday. They have cake. Gabby wants cake. And then also Gabby wants a birthday. Yeah. Which, which I thought was a great reminder that, you know, she's still a kid. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Um, <laughs> She says that they look like an evil choir. And Laura's just getting embarrassed. Yeah, I love... But that panel is so great because Laura's face palming and Gabby's like, like making a monster pose. Right. And a snarly face is really funny. Well, and I think one thing that we 
we neglected is that today is in the book. Oh, yes. Today yeah. is Laura's birthday. Laura's birthday. Is, so yes. the fact that the Cuckoo Sisters was like, today's our birthday. Laura's like, oh. Well, right. <laughs> and they picked their birthday based on one of the dead uh, Quinn Tupwitz's favorite actor. Yeah. But yeah, so they have some more conversation. Um, <laughs> Gabby fist bumps because they're all to. clones. Yeah, she's like clone power, and I love the pacing of the panel because there's she's like she sticks her fist out, clone power, and then a panel of silence with her holding her fist out, and then one of the sisters like fist bump her right as they leave. Right, it's, it's really great. Um, so Gabby's like, oh, we're kind of like them, you know. Um, when's your birthday? And <laughs> So they talk about that. And then, um, yeah, so they all, they leave. And Laura talks about how weird they are. They go get some falafel. Um, Yeah. Gabby wants to know when is Laura's birthday. Laura's like, you don't need to know. Right. She says it's it's meaningless. Yeah. And Gabby's like, well, I want a birthday. Like. And Gabby kind of won't let it go. Is She's like, is it this month? Is it next month? Right. Is it the month after that? <laughs> well, she also kind of is trying to say, you know, you may not care, but this is important to me. Because she says, if you have a birthday, then I can have a birthday too. Right. Right? Like, I need you to acknowledge this so I can know it's okay. And you know, we've talked a lot about before how the relationship is both Big sister, little sister, but also mom and daughter. Right. Um, and this, I think, really, Mariko Tamaki really hits that relationship in a, a little bit subtle, different way than mm-hmm. we've seen because you know it's very much as very much a kid thing to look towards the parent for like approval and acceptance that and it's okay for me to to want this and to, right. to feel this and to do this. And try to pick up on those cues from the person that's taking care of them, so they to kind of validate their emotions. And Gabby's looking for Laura to validate her desire to have a birthday. And I think it's a really interesting dynamic and a very realistic dynamic. Yeah, and it, it it's interesting because you know Laura's like, if you want to have a birthday to have cake, just order cake. Right. Gabby's like, that's not what I she want. Goes, I don't want a cake. I want a birthday cake with sprinkles and candles and happy how old, how happy however old I am birthday on it. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it cracks me up because that's a very Gabby thing to say. And it's right. a very Laura thing to say. Like, if you want a birthday cake, just order some flipping cake. Right. So then we see Jonathan for a second, which I was glad. Yeah. Um. I thought really the translator would pop up because Gabby asked when his birthday is and he just growls. I was kind of hoping he'd be like, oh, well, July 17th. <laughs> <laughs> Today. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I did my Max voice and Max came running in the room. <laughs> and looked at us like, what? Uh, wagged his tail. <laughs> so they talk about how two of the sisters died. Uh, Gabby brings out her brass knuckles to say honey actually say honey but whatever um <laughs> and then right on cue we pull out the picture of dr marks and we turn the page and where's dr marks why she's with the cuckoo sisters right and what's she doing in this old creepy abandoned church 
she's typing on her computer. Right. And what are they using her for as they get their creepy birthday cupcakes out? So they're trying to clone their sisters. Yeah, so are, are they cloning their sisters? Are they cloning themselves and calling them their sisters? Because they're clones. Right. I guess I guess we should have mentioned that in case you don't know. The, the cuckoos are clones of Emma. Emma Frost. Frost. Yeah. And so and there were five and two died. Um, and now they're trying to... So are they... I don't know if they're trying to bring those two back to life or if they, they cloned them and didn't quite work. If they cloned from the dead bodies, or if they cloned from one of the live ones and just gave them the dead girl names, like we don't really know for sure, but they look creepy. They, they, they look like um oh what is that movie? The Brothers Grimm with Heath Ledger and oh, I know. um. <laughs> I've seen parts of that on TV. Waiting for you to go to sleep. <laughs> they have an old witch, and like yeah. when she gets scary in your face this is what she looks like interesting well this one of these does get scary in your face it says we're dying so it's not really working they're gonna have to try again they're waiting for one to die but then one of them found a vial of x-23 and i can't is it x-23 well it says weapon x on it so maybe it's something well but see that doesn't look like like Her colors, hand. yeah. And it's oh, weird because well, she goes, this is your last day on Earth. Like she's talking to the sister that's dying and she's like, this is going to be your last day on Earth so I have a special treat for you. Um, I don't know. I really, yeah. you know that only one of us can live and right. it has to be me. Right, so I feel like she's about to inject herself with something that's going to save her and there's not enough for both of them. Is she injecting herself? Or I thought so. Well, but on the next panel, it looks like she's about to like, oh, and the other well, sister's like, oh no. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I feel like one of these is going to be like a psychic Claude healing factor witch, but I don't know. Anyway, this whole scene of, of the creepy sisters is interspersed with Laura trying to get Gabby to go to sleep. She's like, it's 1 a.m., get off the phone. Right. <laughs> and Gabby looks so innocent and sleepy. Um, but yeah, then we get the weird ending, and then I get talked about faces. That face of Laura looking in the room as Gabby's sweeping is just classic. Yeah. Um, there's a poster called Neon Midnight, which looks like Gabby's future costume. And that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um. And then there's the uh, the cover of the doctor, I'm sorry, not the doctor, of, of Laura's mom, and then a classic pose of them as all-new Wolverine and Honey Badger, um, or the Batman and Robin <laughs> pose. Um, yeah, and then she turns the light off, walks out of the room, says, happy birthday to me. So she really did kind of celebrate her birthday just being with her Gabby, which I thought was just not telling Gabby that. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which, that's a Wolverine move. <laughs> that is a Wolverine move. <laughs> All right, so, what do you think of the art? Um, there were things I really enjoyed about it. Um, I feel like this artist, their niche is up close. Like, yeah. up close faces. Anything that's kind of far away gets a little weird to me. Okay. 
Um, but not weird enough to make me not like it. It's just okay. one of those things that I honed in on and was like, I enjoy the up close faces rather than when it's far away and they're trying to get as much detail into the little square as humanly possible. Okay. I loved it. Uh, the art was great. I, I agree with you that the, the strengthens in the facial expressions and the action. Yeah. Um, and the closer action is definitely better. Um, but also the, the pacing of the panels and, you know, kind of that collaboration with the writer um, in providing both humor and action, which yeah. is which is what we kind of come to expect from Laura. Right. Um, so I thought the art was great. I thought Woodard's colors were amazing. Um, yeah. What do you think of the story then? I think the story is interesting. Um, I love... It's funny to me that this is all happening on Laura's birthday. I feel like there's a symbolic meaning that I haven't quite put two and two together yet on. The right. fact that it's Laura's birthday, it's the Cuckoo Sisters' birthday, and the Cuckoo Sisters are trying to bring back like their two dead sisters. Right. Um, so I f feel like there's this weird symbolic circle of life thing going on that I just haven't wrapped my head around completely yet yeah um but it's interesting because and i don't and forgive me i don't know the cuckoo sisters background so like they were obviously at xavier school mm -hmm. they were doing a class on or a seminar on cerebro so to me why are they doing this are they doing this because they truly miss their sisters and they don't want anyone to find out or like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think they're trying to be, become whole again, but they haven't been whole for how long? Uh, well, real time or comic time. Um, real time few years, comic time. Um, I don't know. I'd say probably about a year or so, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Depending on how you accelerate or decelerate. Okay. The timeline. I just but feel um, like I've always known the Cuckoo Sisters is only three. Yeah. No, I mean, and it's definitely been a while in real time. Okay. Um, been, been, I don't know, five or six years probably. Well, uh, I don't yeah. remember exactly. I think one of them died during Grant Morrison's run, maybe. I honestly don't remember. Um, but yeah. But I mean, they've maybe been looking for a way the whole time, or maybe something happened to make them want. True. To to open that door again, um, I think the story is great. Um, I think more than that, the relationship and the personality is spot on and great. Yeah. And I was so. I'm just so glad that we got the Tamaki I loved versus the Tamaki I don't love so much. Yeah. And, and just got a really, really great book. And, um, and I think maybe and at first I thought, well, maybe she just doesn't know how to approach Wolverine characters. I don't think that's it. I just think maybe if the, if the book is too serious and humorless, she doesn't shine. And whereas this book is the perfect mix of accent and humor and emotion and lets her play to all her strengths. Um, Could it also be, and, and we don't know the back well, story on it. Uh, yeah, her, how tightly she's constrained. 
It could be. It could also just be, let's just be real honest. It's really hard to make a book about Doc and Sabretooth and Lady Deathstrike interesting. <laughs> the three of them together are kind of a boring combo. And so it's a challenging situation. Um, whereas, you know, Laura and Gabby, you kind of have to mess it up. <laughs> don't, don't, don't throw that out there in the universe. Right. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah, so I guess the elephant in the room or in the comic. The only thing that really disappointed me about the book is that other than maybe subtly pulling it out of her new mission, there's nothing in story that says, I need to be X-23 and stop being Wolverine. What does Hank call her? He, does he? he I think he just calls her, her Laura. Laura. I think he might call her X twenty three. Because, but Gabby calls her X twenty three when they're on their mission. Um, you're right. And so, to me, it's. I'm really. I, first of all, let me say this: at, at some point after all this hunt for Wolverine stuff gets wrapped up, if we don't get some kind of conversation between Logan and Laura with him saying dude you did an awesome job in being Wolverine and I'm proud of you like I'll be really pissed if we don't get that um I can see that in some form or fashion doesn't have to be like a big deal right somewhere at some point he just needs to say you you did this just as good as I did bub (laughs) bub bubbet whatever bubbet um (laughs) and I guess to me, well, it's just the timing seems weird because if if he was already officially back, and I see her saying, "Okay, I carried on his name," right? I did, I did Wolverine kind of in his honor and his legacy, and I was really good at it. But he's back, so I'm gonna step down. Which whatever we've, we've talked about that enough in the past. I'm not, right. I don't want to beat that dead horse. You know, and I'll become X23. But as far as this story knows, and as far as we are in the Hunt for Wolverine series, unless this is supposed to take place after all that, then there's really no indication that the Logan's even back yet. Right. As far as the Marvel Universe knows. So her decision to do this here, now unless you know, she just popped up at the end of Adamantium Agenda number two. So I'm assuming she's going to be in the rest of that book. Right. So maybe that gets developed there. Maybe Taylor gets to do his own. Like he made her Wolverine. Maybe he's the one that gets to kind of end that story. Right. Which, you know, maybe can happen in all new Wolverine. But maybe it happens here instead. You know, whatever. Right. Ed- editorial and all that. So so if that's the case, that's cool. And just, just one of those things that. I hate to complain about a meet a dead horse, but sometimes I think Marvel gets ahead of themselves and and sticks so much to their schedule that sometimes stuff comes out before the stuff that you need to read first has come out. Right. <laughs> and I'm just wondering if that's the case here or if they're just saying, you know what, all the readers know Logan's coming back, so we're just going to do this. And the readers can just assume why she did it. Right. Instead of actually making it in the story. That's really my only complaint. It's just there's nothing other than her saying, I'm going to go back to my roots and try to pro- protect X-23 from happening to anybody else. 
And so I'm going to be X-23 now. But she doesn't say that. You can infer that if you want to. Right. But there's nothing really in the story that says, this is why I'm no longer Wolverine. Right. And so that's really the only drawback to the book. Otherwise, I loved it. I can see that. So, okay. Well, any other thoughts before we grade it? Nope. All right. What are you going to give X-23 number one? Well, now that you, you've made that big, long explanation of that, <laughs> I'm actually going to lower my score. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm going to give it four out of six. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to give it six out of six. Okay. I was going to give it five out of six because I did enjoy it. I, I do think the art from far away... Um, while it's still good, that's not the artist's forte. It's up close and facial features and whatnot. Right. Um, and I, I'm fuzzy on the whole Cuckoo Sisters thing, so I got a little <laughs> lost right there. But that's just me. So I was going to give it five out of six. But now after you explain the whole, why is she being called X-23? <laughs> I was like, man, plot hole and... So now I want to give it four out of six. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I've ruined it for Denise. That's what I do. Damn I ruin Jason. things. <laughs> okay. Well, Denise is off the hook. Her, her pregnant self can go do whatever she wants. I'm going to go rest um, this belly. Yeah. Now, since I'm almost 40, I think it's appropriate that I catch us up on old man Logan. Because you're about to be an old man. Oh, I already am. Was not about okay, wait to a minute, be that. wait a minute. You do realize I'm a year older than you, right? You're not old, just me. I'm a year older than <laughs> you. Yeah, but only in age. Age is a meaningless biomarker, according to Laura. Right. <laughs> 41 and pregnant, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell hey, you, we're not doing this again. new normal. New normal. No, no. no. It really is. It really is. No, I get that having kids later in life is the new, a lot of people are doing that because they're becoming more sustained in their financial situation before they have kids. And I, I get that. And we're not anything now for our friends that we have. I think we're the oldest couple having a baby for now, for now. Yeah. That's not a knowing grin. I'm just I'm suspicious that things are not done with everybody. With people that are as old as we are. Uh huh. But oh, you're gonna have to tell me off. Yeah. Oh, that's off mic. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, old man Jason's gonna catch you up on some old man Logan. We have two issues of old man Logan, forty-two and forty-three, and then Weapon X, all new Weapon X number twenty. Now I'll do these kind of uh. Round robin fast. Yeah, buckshot. So, Old Man Logan number 42 is Logan the Hunted Conclusion, part two. Excuse me. Um, written by Ed Brisson, art by Francesco Mana, colors by Carlos Lopez, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, and covered by Mike Diodato Jr. and Carlos Lopez. Now, I remember Craven is hunting old man Logan because he always wanted to get Wolverine and he couldn't, but he'll settle for the old guy. And they end up in the savage land where they're also fighting some dinosaurs. Um, really Are enjoy- you kidding me? No, I really enjoyed the first part of this story. Um, now we fight the dinosaur in the water. 
Uh, Old Man Logan stabs the dinosaur. Craven stabs Old Man Logan. Um, continues to stab him. Old Man Logan punches him and tries to run away, but the dinosaur bites his arm. Um, it looks like the Indominus Rex from Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Kind of, yeah. Pretty mean-looking dinosaur. Speaking of mean, Old Man Logan stabs his eye, blinds him, puts him in a mad, blind fury, so he goes after Craven instead. Old Man Logan runs away, but is weak and bleeding and leaving a trail. He finds... Not just a cave, but a man-made mine. Um, he runs into Zabu, who sniffs and remembers him and runs off. Then he has a dream in a cave about being back in the wastelands, but the really nice wastelands with lots of green trees. Um, with his family, of course, and they're like, please come home to us. And he's like, I will. Then Craven finally kills the dinosaur as the sun goes down and tracks Old Man Logan to the cave. Um where they fight some more. Old Man Logan's finally like, you know what, I don't care if I'm old, I'm still Wolverine. I'm still going to kick your leopard pant butt. And so they fight some more. Uh, Wolverine stabs him some. And then, Rizzi's about to knock him out. Uh, Zaboon comes back with Kazar. And he's like, hey, I got you a poacher. And Kazar's like, cool. Then Old Man Logan goes back to Craven's plane, and the pilot's like, you're not Craven. He's like, yeah, no shit. And, um, or no snicked. <laughs> and he makes him fly him back home. He looks at his own cut-off hand that the Craven bought from the uh, Japanese guys that cut off his hand. And he's like, I ain't ready to die. Not yet. I gotta get back home to the wastelands. As he flies out from the Savage Land. Again, art really, really good. Um, really like the art and the action. Love, love seeing Craven just looking like a badass. Um, the story was not quite as much fun as the first part, but it was still pretty fun. Um, it was just a romp through the Savage Land with dinosaurs and Craven the Hunter. What else do you want, right? So I'm gonna give Old Man Logan 42. Four out of six claws. So, number 43 is, again, written by Ed Brisson. This time, art by Juan Ferreira. For Ferreira? There's too many R's in that name. I mean, not to tell him how to spell his name, but... Anyway, uh, letters by VC's Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover, again, by Mike Diodato Jr. and Carlos Lopez. Now, here on the cover... <laughs> what? In the Dumb and Dumber... Where Jim uh, Carrey's like, oh, where he talks about the wine. He's like a nice, not cat, not cat, shoot. Chianti? Yeah. And like, yeah. So that, that's bullseye on this cover. Gross. He's making the face where he's going, um, and he's holding up a playing card with a really cool looking old man Logan and a jester hat. My favorite part of the cover is the playing card. I kind of want it. Um, but Bullseye looks terrible and slightly insane. And I don't know. <laughs> like someone took the Bullseye and gave him a lobotomy. But um, anyway, so remember that lady that Old Man Logan saved from Bullseye? Well, he kills her. <laughs> Throws a card through the glass and just kills her. 
And old man Logan gets his Regenix. He's thinking about trying to check out. But then he sees on the news that the uh, author lady was killed. So he goes to check out the crime scene. And he meets this girl, Vendetta, in her suit of armor. Who also has a vendetta against Bullseye. That's why old man Logan calls her vendetta. Um, we have some creepy smiles. Then go see one of Bullseye's contacts. He's like, I can't help you. But because he's talking to him, he gets a playing card through his head. Then Bullseye calls and says, hey, guess what? Boom. And so they shoot at him. Uh, he throws cards at them. And then they realize there's a bomb. They run out of the buildings and blows up. They go to get Bullseye. They find out there's a bunch of dead people and, and blood on the wall. It's Tag Wolvie. You're it. So I like the idea that Bullseye wants to get back at Old Man Logan for messing up his mission. Well, that feels cool, but other than that, not really a whole lot going on here. The art is interesting. I honestly enjoyed this guy's black and white pencils on Twitter more than I did the actual book. Um... It looks like there's no colors mentioned, so I think he's doing his own colors. I think this might have been cooler in black and white. I don't know. Maybe. It'd be a cool, like, noir story of, like, Bullseye fighting Old Man Logan. Um, as it is, uh, I'm going to give Old Man Logan 43, 3 out of 6 claws. It's fine. Hopefully there'll be a little more to it. All right. All new Weapon X number 20. Written, oh, he die if he dies, he dies. A great Dolph Lundgren story for our, our title for our Russian story. This is part one, written by Greg Pak and Fred Van Linty. Art by Ricardo Lopez Ortiz. Ortiz, I don't know why I said Ortiz. Um, colors by Frank Diamarda. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Raza. I do not like this cover. I don't think it looks good at all. We have our Weapon X crew, uh, Domino. Oh, actually, there is one thing I like. I like that Domino's uh, pistol grip is do has a domino on it. That's cool. I didn't notice that until just now. Anyway, we have Domino, Lady Deathstrike, and um, Sabretooth being all weird on the front and Omega Red behind them. So remember, he's busting loose, being free, joining Weapon X. Um, the art here is very stylized and kind of intentionally ugly, but in a cool way. Kind of like the art. So anyway, Omega Red attacks his brother, who's had a sickle. He wants to be free. Um, Domino and Sabretooth are all helping. Uh, Warpath gets mad and tracks him down. He's trying to break the team up. He, they fight uh, the Russian superheroes. I don't remember what they're called. The Russian Avengers. Um, they fight some of that. Uh, Omega Red has his tiger kitten. And he kills his brother. And I guess that makes them officially terrorist. Because they attack Sickle. Um, and so then they call the foreigner. Who's hot blood and come and check and see head games. Uh, what are some other foreigner songs? <laughs> she fell asleep on me. Um, anyway, so they're like, yeah, I'm watching the news. Great. I'll pay you guys. Sure, whatever. And then, so they're wanted international terrorists. And then Warpath shows up and says, 
I don't like what you guys are doing to my team, so I'm going to kick all your butts. Um, the story's okay, I guess. The art, I currently kind of don't like at all because it's kind of ugly, but then I kind of love it because it's very stylized. So, I'll give Weapon X number 23 out of 6 claws. So, there's, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um... Yeah, we'll catch back up with some other stuff. Probably uh, probably next will be Dan and Georgie. We have a nice stack of comics to get through for X-Men books. Um, so we'll do that pretty soon. And uh, yeah, march into episode 300. So I'm not going to make any promises about that one. It's just going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> so you don't have to wait a year for it. Um, but yeah, so as usual for the podcast, it goes snicked like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. Um, show notes are on the website at snickcast.podbean.com and until next time hugs and snicks everybody bye bye and snacked <laughs>